1: Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.
0: Is there one standard for independent news broadcasters like us on our channel and a different standard for what we would call the mainstream media? Comedian Russell Brand is calling out YouTube for
3: silencing him, but not mainstream media. Is he right? Professor Eugene Volokh
0: comes on to discuss. We have been officially censored by YouTube. They took down one of our videos for misinformation. But why are big media organizations not censored for misinformation in the same way? comedian and
3: social commentator Russell Brand is calling out YouTube for what he sees as censorship and he's decided to move his live streaming show over to Rumble. Now Brand claims that the platform took down one of his videos for misinformation regarding COVID-19.
0: In the mistaken video we said that the NIH were recommending the use of What we should have said is they're trialing That's what we should have said. You pointed that out to us. We made an apology video. We've taken that down as well. YouTube took down our original video. We've taken down the apology video because in case we reiterate the claim while apologizing. I think it's, I think what he was actually trying to say that it was ivermectin
3: there and satirically bleeping himself out, bleeping out the drug. Pretty funny there. But then he's raised this larger issue. This larger issue of why, in his opinion,
0: media companies aren't held to the same standard. We made an error, in my opinion, a relatively small error, and we're being penalized. For me, that looks like censorship. And the reason I think it looks like censorship is because there's mainstream media misinformation up all the time. And I should mention that Elon Musk has tweeted that Bran has made
3: a good point. But the question is, has he made a good point? Well, I'm joined right now by Professor Eugene Volokh, who teaches and writes about First Amendment law and a First Amendment amicus brief clinic at UCLA School of Law. Professor, thanks for coming on Sidebar.
2: Uh, Always a pleasure.
3: So what do you think? We'll just start generally. Do you think Russell Brand has a point here that there's a double standard for him in the way that he's delivering commentary and, you know, maybe news versus big mainstream media companies?
2: Well... Uh, I I don't know all of the details of all of Russell Brand's past past controversies, Uh, and as to this one in particular, it sounds like it was a relatively minor mistake, and the question that is being raised is, how often does YouTube block videos, especially popular ones based on that? Just to give an example, President Biden several times uh, recently claimed that AR-15s fire bullets uh, at a uh, muzzle velocity, five times that of some point all other guns and then most guns. Turns out that's just false. Was that removed? Well, Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. We don't know. But there is always the possibility of that kind of a double standard, whether deliberate or inadvertent. Maybe, for example, it wasn't wasn't flagged to YouTube, or maybe YouTube is still in the middle of investigating. So it's very hard to tell if there's a double standard. Certainly possible there might be, but these kinds of things are inevitable whenever you have this kind of editorial judgment on the part of a company like YouTube. One question one might ask is, should YouTube exercise that kind of editorial judgment? Should YouTube undertake to police videos for misinformation with the inevitable risk of double standards that happen in all human institutions? That's an interesting question.
3: So sticking with the COVID-19 subject matter for a moment, the reason, and I have to tell you, I think Russell Brand makes an interesting point here. So he says that he was wrong, right? He, he takes you know he says i misinterpreted the data regarding and he bleeped it out but i think it was ivermectin that he was talking about and he he acknowledged it he said he made an apology video then took it down when youtube took his original video down but he said if you want to focus on covid-19 and misinformation about covid-19 he flags this video from March 30th 2021 it's of msnbc host Rachel Maddow and she's talking about vaccination process and she says from this video now we this is from her broadcast now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated Person, a vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus doesn't infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. Now we know at this point that while vaccines are highly effective at preventing serious illness and death, that statement is really no longer true. And and Russell Brand said that video is up on YouTube right now, and he, and he says in my opinion that's a misinformation. I actually checked that video is still on YouTube. So if we're focusing just on the COVID nineteen conversation, do you think there's a problem here that YouTube took down? his video that was inaccurate about COVID-19, but then kept up a video like Rachel Maddow's.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find Love at First Drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
2: Well, so again, it seems to me there are a couple of questions one could ask. One is, if we assume that uh, YouTube should be in the business of policing videos for misinformation, what should be its obligations to be compliant? to be thorough on this? What should it be its obligations to be even handed on it? Inevitably, there's going to be some some error in any human system. So uh, whether it's because of bias or because of anything else, YouTube might also decide that it has a different view as from older videos, um as to older videos the newer videos on the one hand older videos are still available online on the other hand they're probably going to be recognized by most people as being creations of their time so people will often see what the what the date stamp is and if they're looking at it they're probably going to be aware that this is from an earlier time and it may just be both too difficult and kind of too dangerous to, to history uh, to have to go back and retroactively police all the errors that have accumulated over the years. So maybe maybe YouTube has a reasonable position in saying, uh, we're going to block videos that are new that say this, but not go back and uh, remove videos that are old that say such things. Interesting question. I don't know what their formal policy is, but it's the kind of question you might ask. There's a separate question, which is, should we be trusting big tech to, to make these kinds of decisions, Especially the very, very big platforms like YouTube, like Facebook, like uh, uh, Twitter, for example, to decide what is right and what is wrong, what should be uh, blocked and uh, or removed, and what should stay up. And that's an interesting and and quite different and difficult conceptual
3: question. Look, you know, at the, the point we're doing this recording, I should tell you we're actually covering Alex Jones's defamation trial out in Connecticut. And if there's any lesson that could be learned there, it's the power of extreme misinformation because that whole case is about you know his supporters believing Sandy Hook wasn't real and actually harassing the victim's family members so that that's a concern I think that you know when we talk about trying to police misinformation I guess the question let's just start off right here because I think it's important for our viewers and listeners to understand YouTube has a right to do this right they can take off any video Russell Brand's rights aren't being
2: violated right so YouTube does there's nothing illegal with YouTube saying we want to host these videos and not those videos. Some people even say that they have a First Amendment right to decide what, uh, what videos to host and what not to host, just like, uh, just like your podcast decide, uh, can decide whom to invite and whom not to invite. Some people say that. I'm not sure that's right. I think they may, in fact, be more, or at least it may be permissible for the government to treat them more like a phone company. We don't expect the phone company to say, oh, we're going to cancel somebody's phone line because it's being used for get out the vote for the communists or for the Nazis or the KKK, uh, or because uh, uh, we think this this phone line is being used to spread misinformation about the election or whatever else. That's just not the job of the phone company. We've decided we've decided that it should provide the infrastructure and that the users of the phone system should decide what to go uh Uh, 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 what to go. there, even recognizing that may therefore be used for bad purposes. So maybe it might make sense to treat YouTube more like the phone company in this respect. Uh, On the other hand, the current law does not so treat it, at at least at a federal level. So it probably does have a legal right to do this. Uh, I guess the question is, should it have such a right and should we encourage it to do this or should we argue that no, no, we don't want big tech be to be set up athwart the channels of communication, deciding what people see and hear. And what?
3: But I guess the concern is, and before I let you go, Professor, I wanted to ask you this: Does it matter about the subject matter? So you mentioned something before about President Biden, uh, in terms of you know national defense. If we're having a conversation, because COVID nineteen was such a sensitive subject matter, it affected everybody. It was important to get the right information out to everybody at the right time. Do we treat something like COVID nineteen versus a different piece of subject? matter differently do you think you should youtube should be in that position to depending upon what the subject is they have to take a bigger stance on what to t- block and what not to block because at the end of the day someone is going to have a platform somewhere else if it's not youtube they'll go to a rumble they'll go to some other place and i guess is it is it matter what the subject is
2: well it's, it's a plausible argument you might say that when it comes to certain kinds of things it should be um, uh, speech should be treated differently. Some people might say, you know, when it comes to speech, let's say urging uh, violence, like violent attacks on police officers. Police officers' job is dangerous enough. We shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't have plat, or we should encourage platforms to block that kind of thing. You, so you could, as opposed to other things, you know, just debates about gun control. Well, leave that, leave that to fact checkers. So you could imagine that. I'm not sure how this plays out here. As I understand it, ivermectin is a prescription drug. So, so the way that uh, some people have have described using ivermectin, they have asked their doctors to prescribe it off label, and which doctors I believe are allowed to do if in their judgment it's a good idea. So, the danger of Russell Brand praising ivermectin is probably relatively modest, right? Uh, uh, I mean, people, I think, say, well, some people might take, I think, the, veter- the veterinary version, which I don't know, may be available without prescription or maybe otherwise available, but still the typical person who hears him and let's say he believes him, he calls up his doctor and it's up to the doctor to act as the, to act as the gatekeeper there. So I'm not sure we need YouTube as the gatekeeper. On the other hand, in the example of that older video from Rachel Maddow, if it's being accurately reported, that may actually be bad for for worse for public health because then people might say, oh, I'm vaccinated now, I'm perfectly safe, I may have all of these symptoms, but uh, but I'm sure it's not COVID because I'm vaccinated or I won't spread it to others and it turns out that they're mistaken. And mistaken in a way that a doctor might not be able to solve. So I would just resist the sense that because it's about COVID, there's some pressing emergency need to have big tech police it. Again, especially when it comes to discussion of prescription drugs, it's the doctors that are ultimately the gatekeepers on that. And I don't see why YouTube needs to be a gatekeeper.
3: Eugene Volok, thank you. I thought this was a really good, interesting conversation. I appreciate you taking the time. Always a pleasure. And thanks, everybody, for joining us here on Sidebar. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. Speak to you next time.